Welcome to the October 2019 Partnership Show of the Oregon Community Media. Oregon Community Media is an association of non-commercial radio stations working together to strengthen local independent media to better serve diverse communities. This time you'll hear about youth activism. Participating stations, KSKQ Ashland, KYAQ Toledo, KBOO Portland, and KMUZ Turner and Salem. I'm Erin Yankee from KBU, co-leader and host for this episode. Stay tuned. The global climate strike, which took place in September 2019, focused mainstream attention on the youth activists working on global climate change. Today, the stations of Oregon Community Media profile youth activism happening in their communities, climate change, and more. First up, we'll have a piece from KYAQ. This is an interview done by Bill Dalby with Michael and Maya Stout. Maya is a coastal youth climate activist. I recently interviewed Michael Stout and his middle school-aged daughter, Maya, at the KYAQ studios on the Central Oregon coast. This is Maya Stout, and for the past year, I've been part of the School Strike for Climate. School Strike for Climate was a Greta Thunberg-started thing, and what she did was she skipped school because who needs an education if we don't have a future? So she missed about three months of school to prove a point that we just need to start taking action. And so she started in Sweden holding a School Strike for Climate sign in front of the parliament. So throughout time, she started getting more attention from other places in Germany and throughout America. And I heard of her through social media, Instagram, through the School Strike for Climate hashtag. And I started joining her every week. And it's a Fridays for the Future. So I miss half a day every Friday for the whole entire year holding a sign in Yahat. Slowly, we were getting more and more people joining us. March 20th, we had about 36 people joining us on the side of the road. That began to get lots more attention, and through that attention, we were getting more people joining us. We had the radio station come and ask us for interviews. We had four newscasters come to us and ask us for interviews. We had Solar Oregon and our local news stations come and ask us for interviews that are now posted. And if you look up our names, Haley Fueling and Maya Stout, you can find our interviews written down in Google. What we were trying to prove is that kids can take action as well. We should be the ones who are taking action for our youth and for our future because we are the ones that are going to be mainly affected by climate change. Absolutely. We think that by adopting a plant-based diet, and this is how it connects with a healthy planet, healthy diet, is if we use a plant-based diet, then we can be fighting climate change. It's one of the greatest things, the meat and dairy industry that's fueling the climate change and fueling um, carbon emissions in our atmosphere. What kind of things do you find is a common question people have? One thing what, that we have to understand as vegans is we have to be very empathetic for other people. Lots of people are uneducated on the fact of what they're eating and their diet within their own homes. There's also advertisements that are very biased and are promoting the meat and dairy industry. So these children who are very influenced by whatever their parents say or whatever these advertisements are saying, they ask these questions to me because it's kind of different. And when I see something different, I always ask a question and I always want to know more about it. A lot of people also ask about the calcium. Calcium is something that's hugely embraced in my school. 
and that's why we have you get to pick out milk every single day. And when I was about uh, eight years old, I campaigned and I signed, made a petition to get water or juice instead of... When you were eight years old. And I was eight <laughs> years old. I did not want to so be You have certain. a long history of an, as an activist already. <laughs> yes, I began at a very young age. Um, and so when I was eight years old, I asked my school, why are we serving milk to all these students every single day if it has a negative effect on our on our education and how we're reacting in classrooms. And they said, well, it's the calcium when we need stronger bones when we're growing. But I kind of was like, well, that doesn't make sense. And I've been vegan for quite a while and I think my bones are fine and I have long hair and I have strong nails and I feel perfectly fine right now. And I'm kind of a walking, um, talking, growing, like just vegan. vegan. That's just, <laughs> it's living out and I'm an athlete as well. and so. I talked to these kids and I gave a presentation. Once these children are educated on the fact that they can live without this milk, they were all for the idea. And so I got about 100 signatures and we got wow. juice and water in our cafeteria. And it's these little changes that were changing lives in, at that time. And I had four people go vegan at that time, wow. which is a large amount. I think it's through education that we get the most amount of benefits. Right. We started changing little things like that, like changing from milk to something else and from the burgers that were getting served to something else. It will also change our mental state in the classrooms as well. So one of the big features of, of what you're proposing is alleviating the, the carbon issue, right? Mm -hmm. A plant-based diet does tremendous things for that particular issue. Can you talk a little bit more about the extent of uh, that carbon problem and how it's alleviated by the plant-based diet? Right now in Brazil, there's about 200 million cows, and that's just Brazil wow. alone. That's a lot of cows, that's and these cows, cows, when they eat, they produce methane, and their cow farts is really what it creates. And methane, I was just reading, has like... 80 times worse than carbon in, exactly. in, in carbon dioxide in terms of uh, how it traps heat in the yeah. atmosphere. Yeah, so that's something that the uh, publicity has to hide. Methane is has a greater ratio over carbon. Now a lot of people are focusing on carbon and how 60% of carbon is coming from the transportation issue. So we should be eliminating transportation and switching to electric. I love that idea, but then also we have methane, which has enormous impact on climate change right now and how our Earth is uh, on Earth's weather and Earth's climate within certain areas. We eliminated um, methane. We could eliminate methane by just eliminating the beef that we're eating every night. Now, this is an easy switch, that much easier than switching the whole world to an electric car because electric cars are much more expensive. Than right. a, we are taking pretty much the lungs of our Earth and creating deforestation within all over the world. And then also we're killing the oceans with the plastic consumption. I understand that a lot of people are switching to metal straws and switching to an alternative straw, but that's not enough. If you get a whole plastic cup at your Dutch Bros and you just use a metal straw, you still have that whole plastic right. cup. And today I went to the coffee shop and I'm having a whole, it's a compostable lid and it's a compostable cup. Now, it's a pretty easy switch to move towards a plant-based because plant-based not only means what you're eating, but what you're using and using leather that's not plant-based and using plastic that's not plant-based. So on September 20th through the 27th, it's called the Week of Action. It's inspired by Greta Thunberg. It's to unite all youth globally to fight climate change and speak out our voices. You have 
every right to tell exactly what you're thinking. Thanks to Bill Dalby for that interview. Next up, we'll hear directly from the youth participating in a radio education camp in Ashland, Oregon, sponsored by KSKQ. This is Connie Saldana with KSKQ Community Radio in Jackson County, Oregon. KSKQ is honored to be a part of Oregon Community Media and contribute to this collaborative program. KSKQ invites its community to produce their own local news and information content. Volunteer producer David Tourzan initiated the Kids Unlimited Weekly News to share children's voices with the world. The audio engineering class at Kids Unlimited runs for 12 weeks in the fall and includes bilingual content. These opportunities not only strengthen KSKQ's mission to be the people's voice in our valley, but empowers kids and families to know their voices are important and powerful enough to make change in the world. Listeners will enjoy this short piece. Welcome to, to the, the Kids, Kids Unlimited, Unlimited Weekly News brought to you by, by the audio engineering class at Kids, Kids Unlimited, Unlimited Academy in Medford, Oregon. Hello, my name is Arion. This week's show is about our wish for the world. Hello, my name is Melissa, and my wish for the world is all poor people could have a house. Hola, mi nombre es Melissa. Mi deseo es que todos los pobres tengan una casa. My name is Vanessa, and my wish for the world is that every orphan gets a present for Christmas this year. My name is Sadie, and my wish for the world is for all pets to have an owner. My name is Nora, and I, my wish is bad people become into good people. Hi, my name is Kyle, and my wish for the world is for people to stop being racist to each other. My name is Sadie, and my wish for the world is for people to stop cutting trees. Hi, my name is Ayla, and I want ev- my wish for the world is for every person to have warm clothes this winter. Hello, my name is Catherine, and my wish for the world is to end world hunger, to have peace all over. My name is Anya, and for the world, what I wish for is for everybody to live in peace. My name is Rose, and I wish for the world to plant more trees. My name is Idris, and my wish is for there to be more homeless shelters during the winter. My name is Quillian, and my wish for the world is for there to be more food for the poor people who need it. This is Quillian reporting. Thanks for listening to the Kids Unlimited Weekly News. Welcome to the Kids Unlimited Weekly News. This week's show is about gratitude. My name's Ayla, and I'm thankful for the trees because it gives me air. Fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Jasmine, and I'm thankful for living on Earth because all the other planets are lonely. Hi, my name is Fernanda, and I'm grateful for our family because we love each other. Hello, my name is Chloe, and I am grateful for my mom because she feeds me and gives me clothes. Hi, my name is Laura, and I'm thankful for Thanksgiving because my church gives you free food on Thanksgiving. My name is Melissa, and I'm thankful for Christmas because you get what you wish. Hi, my name is Sadie, and uh, I am thankful for God because uh, God made the planet and made my parents, and without Him, I would not have a family. And I am thankful for the sun and rain because it, without the sun and rain, uh, 
plants would die. And I'm thankful for my family because without my family, I would freak out. We're thankful for friends because they're always there for you. And they have your back no matter what. And that's it. This is McKenna reporting from the Kids Unlimited Weekly News. Welcome to the, the Kids, Kids Unlimited Weekly News. This week's show is about empathy. Hi, my name is Ilse, and today I'm going to be talking about empathy. Empathy means to be able to share the feelings of another person by imagining yourself as that person. But of course, it's not easy to do. Showing empathy in a shorter way is to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Another way of saying empathy is level six thinking. Level six thinking is when you follow a personal code of behavior. Put simply, I do the right thing because I know it's right. You don't want a reward, you don't want to please someone, you just do it because you know it's right. If we all show empathy, we can make the world much more kind. Imagine the world with no more mean people and no more thieves, just nice, caring people. Together, we can do the right thing. So let's get started. Hola, hoy voy a hablar sobre empatía. Empatía es ser capaz de compartir los sentimientos de otra persona o imaginarnos que somos esa persona. Pero a lo mejor no es feliz, mostrando empatía en una manera más corta, exponiéndonos los zapatos de otra persona. Otra manera de decir empatía es el nivel 6 de pensar. El nivel 6 es cuando sigues un código personal de conducta. En otras palabras, hago una cosa porque sé que es lo correcto. Si todos enseñamos empatía, podemos hacer este mundo mucho mejor, con personas que no son malas, ningunos rateros, nada más personas buenas. Juntos podemos hacer lo correcto. Hello, my name is Jessica, and what empathy means to me is that you put yourself in somebody else's shoes. If you see someone feeling blue, you ask them what's wrong and start to empathize with them. Talk about when you have felt the way they are feeling. When you show empathy, you're changing the whole world. You're showing people that you care about them, so they will start to show empathy to others, and it will go on and on, and it will go all around the world someday, and it will change everything. Together, we can make the world a better place by practicing empathy and making that part of our character. Hola. Lo que empatía significa para mí es ponerte en los zapatos de otra persona. Si tú miras a una persona triste, pregúntale qué pasa y empieza a empatizar y habla con ellos para mirar qué pasa. Cuando tú enseñas empatía, tú andas cambiando todo el mundo. Que tú quieres a las otras personas y ellos van a empezar a enseñar empatía a más personas. Y esa empatía va a ir por todo el mundo un día y va a cambiar todo. Juntos podemos cambiar el mundo y hacerlo un lugar mejor, practicando empatía y haciéndolo parte de nuestras vidas. This is Addie reporting from the Kids Unlimited Weekly News, and you are listening to KSKQ 89.5 FM in Ashland, Oregon. Thanks for listening to the Kids Unlimited Weekly News. Make sure to tune in next week when we talk about our favorite family traditions. This piece was produced for Oregon Community Media by KSKQ Community Radio in Ashland, Oregon. Thanks to Connie from KSKQ for sending that piece into this collaborative Oregon Community Media show on youth activism. Next, we'll hear from Melanie Zermer of KMUZ Turner and Salem, who profiles the Urban Art Fest. Latinos Unidos Siempre 
or Luce, was founded in 1996 by a group of Latinx youth in Salem who decided to take a stand against constant profiling and criminalization of youth of color by local authorities and against immigration raids terrorizing their families. Since then, Luce has grown as an organization that empowers youth in middle and high school through leadership development, which is exercised through civic and community engagement and grassroots organizing. Luce works on immigrant rights, economic, environmental, and racial justice issues, as well as any local issues that affect the youth and their families. The mission of Luce is ultimately for every youth to feel empowered and capable of being a leader in their community. To meet that mission, Luce helps youth reclaim their history and identity through study and discussions. In the community, you can see Luce youth testifying at city council, transit board, and school board meetings. You will see them at rallies supporting DACA youth and immigration rights, as well as testifying at the state capitol. But the piece you will hear today is from the annual Urban Art Fest that the youth organize. After a two-year hiatus, this year's festival took place on Saturday, September 14th in Northeast Salem. Here is Alex Baran, one of the youth leaders, talking about the art and significance of this event in the community, that it's important that the event be held in Northeast Salem, and that graffiti, while becoming more accepted as an art form, not be usurped by the mainstream culture. Yeah, we haven't had it since, I believe, 2016. Uh, just because we've been battling so many stuff in our community, uh, last year we had Measure 105. We've always been trying to fight better treatment of immigrants uh, the last couple of years. So it's really hard to put this event. Uh, even though this year also was a battle, every day is also a battle, but we were able to gather energy and resources to bring this event back because it's very important to have this event in our community. Graffiti has always been criminalized and demonized by law enforcement, educa educators, and mainstream culture um, it's always had to been uh, something people do, like behind closed doors and stuff, uh, or amongst each other who understand it. Uh, a lot of places, major cities are adopting graffiti now, so things are changing, but it's definitely at a cost. People that do graffiti aren't can't live in the communities anymore where they can paint. Um, we see nice murals in some communities, but we gotta ask ourselves, like, who lives in those communities? And oftentimes, it's the hipster. Um, so that's the slogan for this year's Urban Art Fest, and I think it's going to be for every Urban Art Fest, uh, art without gentrification. How can we achieve that here in Northeast Salem? That was Alex Baran. The Urban Art Fest included live music, low-rider cars, many forms of art, and booths for community organizations. Large canvases allowed us to watch artists create what we would call graffiti using spray paint. This year, the artists were wearing masks to protect themselves from toxic fumes. I asked one artist how he got in this form of art and a bit about the piece he was working on. So my name is Adam. The way that I got into graffiti actually was just watching the trains go by and just like wondering like what it was, how they did it, and just like fascinated by the colors and everything. So that's pretty much how my introduction into it. So Tom, what are you doing here today? What's your vision? Well, pretty much we kind of had a scheme to kind of use the same color. So just using those colors and kind of uh, just, you know, going with the fill. Nothing really planned out too much. And how do you know when you're done? See, that's the hardest part because you, you think you're done, but then you see something and you want to go back. And that's something I'm actually working on is not worrying about too much because then you could kind of ruin it. With this one, it's going to be the outline, and I'm pretty confident that the rest is going to look pretty good. Kathy makes earrings out of soft leather that look like feathers. I'm Cassie with Gypsy Brown Design. 
and I offer um, handmade jewelry. Um, majority of it is made with leather that I source from Oregon Glove here in Salem, Oregon. And majority of my stuff, I hand draw on the leather. I hand cut everything. I use natural crystals and stones to decorate some of my pieces. So how is it that you got involved in in working in leather for your jewelry? Um, I just had a, a crazy idea one night, and um, and I decided to to try something different. Um, I was I was looking for something to to support myself through a hard time, and um, this ended up being something awesome for me. Eddie Melendrez's art has a social message. Uh, my name is Eddie Melendrez, and today I have a bunch of art here, kind of representing a couple of different things: the opportunity gap in Oregon, what's going on on the border with with the with the migrant crisis. But your art is really about social justice, as yes. you started telling yes. me about. Yes. Who is who is that? Tupac. So Tupac is a you know he passed away in 1995 or was murdered. But uh, you know, growing up as a kid, he was always like an inspiration to me. And I got to hear, you know, a lot of he had a lot of inspirational quotes that he would, uh, or in his songs, in his music, a lot of messages. Okay, so, so he was I, a musician. A musician. I didn't know Yes, that. he was a rapper. So um, a lot of, you know, he's kind of controversial, like rapped about thug life and things like that. But I think that a lot of his, what he rapped about was just the environment he was from. You know, kind of like uh, Malcolm X says, I'm going to tell it like it is. I hope you could take it like it is. All he was doing was speaking his truth. So from him, I get a lot of inspiration growing up in in uh, California, and I you uh, just you know for a youth, my dad wasn't around. My dad uh, lived in, up here in Oregon, and uh, so you have sometimes you have to look for elsewhere for role models, you know. So sometimes sometimes from other artists or from movies, everywhere you can try to take the positive messages, you know. And so you call your art Chicano art. Chicano art, yeah. Yeah. So what is Chicano? And I wondered if that ever a derogatory term. Uh, I think some people might have thought it might be like saying the word Mexican, but I love the word Mexican because that's who I am, you know. And the word Chicano comes from the uh, word Mexican or Mexica because in, in uh, the Nahuatl language and indigenous language, which I'm learning about as well because my history is not taught in school, is uh, the, me me the me Mexicano, the Mexicano or the Mexica is, uh, you know, in Spanish, the X, X letter makes the she sound, the she. So from me, me, Mexican, Mexicano, Mexica to Mexicano to Chicano. So uh, to me, it, it, it represents who I am. And I think that's what happens when we were being colonized. Some of the, our own terms were being used against us to ridicule us, to make us not want to be who we are as indigenous people to this land, you know. So and then, and then uh, we kind of forgot our past, you know. So I want to kind of reclaim who I am and my past, you know, through my art. Because I'm learning as well. I have to teach myself because my history wasn't taught in schools, you know. So, you know, and the youth of color, I think that, it's a, you know, they're kind of lost in this world. If you don't have a sense of self, you don't have a sense of history, who you are, you're kind of like a tree with no roots. You know, you get knocked over easy. But when you know your past, you're able to stand your ground and talk, talk your truth and be more confident in who you are. That was Eddie Melendrez of this year's Urban Art Fest, organized by Salem's Latinos Unidos Siempre, a youth-led organization whose mission is to empower youth to be the best they can be. You can find them on Facebook to learn more. This is Melanie Zermer reporting for KMUZ, Salem and the Mid-Willamette Valley. Thanks, Melanie. Next up in the Oregon Community Media Collaborative show on youth activism is a piece by Virgil, who is a member of the KBU Youth Collective. 
this is a slightly different tone. And this audio is an excerpt of a full show produced, hosted, edited, all the work done by the KB Youth Collective. And this show is called The Underground. I have, on multiple occasions, been accused of doing stand-up comedy. I say accused because that was not my intention, and quite frankly, I'd had no intentions besides making sure that nobody remembered what happened ever. So needless to say, having my family approach me telling me I should do stand-up months after the fact was not pleasant. At the time of my alleged first, and only to this day, stand-up performance, I was barely 14 and what we in the business like to call a complete and utter moron. Not to say I was stupid or anything, but I wouldn't have remembered to do my homework if it broke down my door and started beating me with a baseball bat. I was forgetful. I say was like I am so much better now. I am forgetful. Just like birds were born knowing to fly south through the winter, I was born like, you guys, I think I forgot my suitcase. Like most people in this day and age, my phone is pretty damn important to me. It's how I find out which bus I can take to school, it's how I communicate with people, and it's where I keep most, if not all, of my important documents. Everything from essays to random thoughts I have at odd hours in the morning when I wake up with the insatiable urge to make horrible, horrible jokes. It's extremely likely that it's my most valuable possession, especially with my aforementioned forgetfulness problem, it makes my life just that much easier. For instance, when I was supposed to tell jokes at my aunt's wedding last January, instead of having to come up with something original and funny and actually memorize it, I could just rip jokes off of Google and then write them down in my notes app, and then forget about them until the day of the ceremony. Innovation at its finest! Now, let me take you back to 2018. More specifically, the first few days of 2018. Now imagine that you're an unnecessarily anxious teenager who can barely remember their own phone password and has been running on four to five hours of sleep a night for the last week. That was me. I was still recovering from barely escaping 2017's angry Maz alive, and all of that on top of the jet lag from flying six hours outside my hometown for a wedding right after Christmas while in the middle of the most stereotypical high school drama ever imagined, and in the beginning stages of an addiction to Urban Mate that would proceed to haunt me for years after the fact, I think it's pretty clear to say that I was in absolutely no way prepared to do anything besides hide in my room forever. All of that being said, I was absolutely not going to back down on my promise to tell jokes at the reception. I just wasn't. It was a pretty casual thing, so my plan was just to memorize everything the day of, as it was all happening pretty late, and that was somewhat reasonable, I guess. I don't know. However, if you haven't gotten an uncomfortably detailed understanding of my psyche by now, let me remind you that I'm in no way a functioning human being, and because of that, as always, I FORGOT! At this point, it's around 8 or 9 p.m., probably 15 or so minutes before I'm supposed to go on stage, and I had undoubtedly eaten myself into a food coma, nearly fallen asleep at my table at least twice, all while mindlessly scrolling through the Instagram Explore page. My mom asks me if I have my jokes memorized. My jokes. I most likely panic momentarily before remembering that I have them all written down on my precious little electronic rectangle. My precious little electronic rectangle that's at 1% battery. It died right in my hands as I pulled up the documents where my jokes were written more tragic than Shakespeare. My jokes! My precious, hand-picked from Boomer Comic and Google Image Search jokes! And just like that, it was time. My aunt called me up to stage, her voice like my alarm clock on the day I'm supposed to be executed. This stage where I would be telling jokes for the entirety of my extended family to see. So I stood up from my seat and slowly began leaving my table to approach the stage. My mom also quietly asks me just what the word I can't say on the radio I'm going to do. I stop. I turn to face her. I look her dead in her terrified hazel eyes, and I shrug. And with all of that, I turn back around and begin my walk of shame to the stage. Thanks to some feat of magic or god or my brain only hating me 99% of the time, the rest of the night past this point is completely gone from my memory. But to this day, every time I see that part of my family, at least one person tells me how I should do stand-up. And I gotta say, 
as humiliating as it was, and as much as I denied it, as someone who at the time had horrible self-esteem, it felt pretty good to have people complimenting me all the time. Now, of course, I have the confidence of Gordon Ramsay in a Burger King, but I don't think that anybody can complain about having their ego stroked. So the moral of the story is, if you want to improve your self-esteem, just be the idiot you were born to be and good things will follow. This has been Virgil for the Cable Youth Collective. Thanks to all the supporting stations, KSKQ in Ashland, KYAQ in Toledo, KBOO in Portland, and KMUZ in Turner and Salem. Thanks to Pictures of the Floating World for background music. Stay tuned to a radio near you for more from Oregon Community Media. We'll be working to strengthen the independent stations serving audiences from Florence to Fossil. In the next year, we'll be collaborating more on programming, including election coverage. Stay tuned for more information. This is Erin Yankee from KBOO. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.